In a world where coaches are still the main characters, the players are now legally chasing the ultimate bag, and the game of basketball is always the top priority, there is only one brand you can trust to help you wade through all the madness. Hey, I'm Tate Frazier from One Shining Podcast, and you can join me twice a week as we navigate the always entertaining world of college basketball. Every Monday, The Ringer's Kyle Man helps me make sense of the biggest stories from the weekend. And on Fridays, we talk to our many friends of the program. We're locked in on the best postseason in sports. Make sure you follow One Shining Podcast on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. This episode is brought to you by Lululemon. Guys, if you're ready for a new pair of pants, try one of Lululemon's ABC pants. They're made to make you look and feel good. And there's lots of different styles to choose from. My favorite, because I walk around LA every day, I like the joggers. I'm not jogging, I'm just walking fast. But if you're working out, I would try them out. And if you want something a little sleek, maybe business-like, maybe try the ABC Slim Fit Trouser. But I am a joggers guy. I just... Once COVID happened, I was just like, I'm, I want to wear jogging pants and joggers and all kinds of soft pants as much as I possibly can, especially when I'm working out. Ultra comfortable and versatile. ABC pants are really in a league of their own. Buy a pair right now at lululemon.com. This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. If you're busy like me and you're trying to catch your kids' games, it's important to have somewhere where you can go to find a good hotel. We're all over the place. Sometimes you know, we're in Florida, we'll be in New York. You want to take the wife on a quick vacation and get away? Whether you're looking for a relaxing getaway or heading out of town to see the playoffs, Hotels.com app has a perfect hotel for every trip. Compare up to five hotels side by side so you can see prices, amenities, and star ratings without having to switch back and forth between options. So start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app today. Welcome to the Virginia nope. NFL Draft Show. No, nope, gotta be louder. You're you're really? you're holding back so much. D- yeah, D- I'm in a room with other. That's people. okay. No one fucking cares. DK's like the the guy who handles the forty time, and you came out of the block stumbling. He's like, no, no, not quite my tempo. Room. Okay, not All quite right. my tempo. Not quite All right. You just you don't actually have to go louder necessarily. Okay, but, but you're going like you just like you're like yeah, okay. a little higher pitch. Welcome. I'm just gonna be louder. All right, just be better. Also, it's Friday. No one cares. Welcome to the Ring Rider Fields. No? Welcome to the Ring Rider Fields. It sounds like I'm holding your head underwater. Welcome to the Ring Rider Fields Draft Show. My name is Danny Heifetz. I am joined by Danny Kelly and Ben Solik, and I have the yips. We're live in Indianapolis. I have the yips. This is the fifth time we've done no, We're, we're going to keep going this okay. the fifth time I try to do the intro. DK is telling me that I can't do it right, and I don't know if it's a psychological issue, like I'm Chuck Knobloch and can't go to first base, or if it's just like I've had coffee yeah. and and beer and like there's no water in Indiana in the convention center <laughs> and yet and it sounds like I'm holding your head underwater to do it. <laughs> and so it's like is it a physical issue with my voice and yes. what do you with anything it's, so it's like? a performance issue alright you got the yips <laughs> I, yeah I think yeah. I have the yips on the, the intro and it happens to pull out of 10 men so don't worry about it it's okay. <laughs> we got hymns up in here it's totally normal it's like as long as it's not 4 hours yeah no whatever happened to that sponsorship yeah yeah hymns hit us up okay we're live in Indianapolis man Woo. Craig Horlbeck is here in spirit I can't he, I, Craig probably <laughs> It's very sad he can't hear uh, all these takes from my baby. We're live in Indianapolis at the Combine. We're recording this Friday. Uh, you'll be listening to whatever. Kai can get it up. Isn't that right, Kai? Kai. Well, at least someone's got to get it up if I can't. Oh. Anyway, we're going to be covering risers and fallers from the Combine, other guys with <laughs> performance issues, which is totally normal. Uh, there's nothing it. wrong yep. with a bad test, you know? Uh, 
and we're also been going guys who have been crushing the combine, guys who are uh, real, as DK would say, big, fast, strong. But first, three of the best things to be. <laughs> yes, big, fast, strong. But first, we have to start with America's new favorite segment, perhaps the biggest installment of this segment yet. Panda Watch. <laughs> the timing was kind of hard on that. I didn't know when he was like, we, trying we to send me in. We did Panda Watch today. We watched the pandas. Dude, we <laughs> did actually watch the pandas. So uh, just for those who don't know, we're in Indianapolis. And like the it's weird. The comment sketch is weird because you watch it on TV Thursday to like su Sunday or Monday now. Mm -hmm. but, like We get here Monday and like we're here till Saturday. But then they're <laughs> doing press conferences. So, so what's really got going on is the, these players have so many scheduling blocks. They have to meet with... A thousand, no, there's 32 teams. They meet with like 20 of them and then they do media interviews and they have to wait in line for MRIs and x-rays and also training and doing all these drills and meeting with agents and all this stuff. But we then get to see them. They carve out a whole 15 minutes and we get to stand there. 30 people stand and yell really weird questions at them like, um, did you talk to the Indianapolis Colts? And then the next person's like, do you think <laughs> birds are real? Right. And then the next the person's like, did gambit. you talk to the Texans? And it's kind of bizarre. Preparing them for the league. You never know what's coming next. Is yeah. Good. So we got to these interviews today, and we the podiums were crazy. We had uh, all the quarterbacks and a lot of receivers spoke. This is a very quarterback-receiver-heavy draft. So DK, I, and a lot of these guys are going at the same time. We get to hear all these people. I'm curious, as you're walking around, you're looking at the quarterbacks. What are you trying to, like, assess? Like, what are you trying to gather when you do all, through this insanity with all uh, these? The big thing, I'm, I'm sizing them up, essentially. I, I'm all about, like, the vibes. You know this. I think... Um, I don't think it's like you necessarily write a guy off if he has terrible poise or presence at the podium, but it is something that you kind of think about. So, um, yeah, basically just vibes. This is the, the combined, combined podium. podium. The, com watch. the combined no, yeah. podium. It's uh, like how if there were pandas at the zoo, you'd be like, oh, that one looks cuddly. And that one looks, oh, he looks angry, right? You're just, uh, it, keep your distance. It, you're just projecting emotions onto the pandas. That's what mm -hmm. you're doing. You're kind of, because with a quarterback, remember, like, the way that we think about it is, you know, passer defines the winning window and, you know, wide receivers. And certainly teams think about that as well, but another big thing for them is like, we're handing the keys of the franchise to the guy. Like, this is going to be the name and the face and the personality that is associated with the team for the next five years. We want them to be capable of representing the team well. And so how they comport themselves this week. Comport. Can and, I actually, I think it's meaningful. even further than that. I've never thought about it this way, but it's kind of also the defining aspect of the people's, like, lives. Like, their career, like, their professional lives. Like, they mm -hmm. have families and kids. Well, there's a lot kids. of pressure, yeah. But, like, let's be real. A lot of these guys sacrifice a lot of stuff in their families for their jobs. And it's like, like, Ryan Poles. Not to be dramatic, but this is the defining decision of Ryan Poles' life. Is yeah taking a quarterback or trading the pick. And like, it, it really is for these coaches and right. stuff. So they kind of, you, you fret the details. Excellent film and the testing is amazing and the athletic history and the injury history is great. But if you don't like feel like you trust the guy, if you don't feel like you yeah. like the guy, you don't really want to pick him. You want to feel that. And, and part of that is the personality of the so, dude. So it's not that it's like real and that it's important. It's that it's that it's real and that it is reality. It is that is the nature of the of, of what's going on here. We make fun of all the time that like, you know, the Niners took Alex Smith number one over Aaron Rodgers and there's a story that came out because that uh, Aaron Rod they didn't like how Aaron Rodgers like held the door like Alex Smith held the door open for the oh like God. someone's like yeah, the GM's yeah. wife or something yeah, it's like yeah. crazy and Aaron Rodgers they didn't like his handshake and two things are true that's an insane way to pick a quarterback but also that's just how people are like people just make these snap decisions yep. and like that's just so anyway yeah. the vibes thing is real uh, and we just start here with Caleb Williams, quarterback at USC. Dickie's the number one overall quarterback on your board. He's the number one overall player on your board. He's the number one overall person on most people's boards. He spoke today. He himself admitted he does not talk to the media a lot. Mm -hmm. He's probably the most polarizing personality here. He's the biggest personality here. I'm curious, yep. what were your vibes seeing Caleb Williams in person? So 
I kind of went into this thinking I was going to be a little turned off by just everything because he it's been so anticipated. He's obviously extremely, extremely confident guy to the point of where some people are like, he is like too cocky almost. He's like delusional at times. Uh, but to be totally honest, like I, I bought in when he came out, he came out with like this shit eating grin on his face. He took like a big chug of water and then he was like, all right, you motherfuckers. Like his look on his face was like, all right, you motherfuckers, what do you got for me? And the first question was, why are you so afraid to compete or something like that? Why are you scared to compete? <laughs> Wait, and really? just kind of, yeah. Is that what the first, so we can hear Hayes on mic, but the questions are, I did not know that. Literally the first yeah. question was, why are you afraid to compete or scared what to did compete? He, wait, remember. what was his answer? I didn't uh, know he, was, he just did like a really boilerplate thing. Like that was just the decision my team and I made. Well, and then also, he like wait, moved on. But oh, he, but he compete, was, like he's not so at the combine this week. The drills, Caleb Williams is not going to participate in the drills. He's right, right, throw. right. There was a follow up to the why you scared to compete. It was like essentially like when when all these other people are running and throwing and jumping and doing all that stuff. Why won't? Why do you feel that you not don't need to do it? I mean, the obvious answer is because he's going to be the first pick. It's irrelevant. It's immaterial what he does there. <laughs> so, um, but he just he, he I thought he he showed his charisma. He showed his confidence. He wasn't over the top. He was gregarious and outgoing. I don't know. I, I, I came away and pretty impressed with him. I think that was the general gist for most people. So also he remember, was we talked about this uh, a couple months ago, but remember, I, I cannot get over this detail that he said this in an article with GQ that the show Scandal, which is about a fixer in D.C., the, is Olivia Pope in the show Scandal, is based on a real-life woman in Washington, D.C., and in real life, that woman... Like Caleb Williams' dad hired that woman to train Caleb Williams how to answer media questions. And oh, that's wow. before he went to college, not the NFL. He went to Oklahoma or Lincoln Riley. He was taught how to answer questions by the woman whose scandal was based on. Yeah. And they were like, How do you why did you need media training? He's like, Questions are traps. And it was like <laughs> like you could see he looked at it like yeah. like combat, but not like mm -hmm. in an aggressive way. And it like he looked at it like swordplay almost. And it was wild to watch him like answer. Caleb's coded the right way. Uh, Caleb Caleb if your quarterback's going to be elite, like Justin Herbert notwithstanding, they have to have like an insane degree of self-belief and like vibes and, and a little bit of walking around with their chest down peacocking. Caleb's got that, man. I, I, um, I, they, so much of the bad narrative around Caleb's pre-draft process is a product of kind of his dad's involvement in his, in his pre-draft process. And there's been, you know, thinly veiled threats of like, we're going to go back to school because of NIL money. And like, oh, we're not going to go to Chicago. We want to go to DC. And like, there's like a ton of, you know, okay, the commanders want to go get Caleb. There's a ton of like, and, and, and he's not throwing and he's not participating in medicals for, for teams that have no chance of drafting him. Right. And like, all of that is, we have to remember like, that's, those are red flags and noxious and tough for teams. Teams don't like that. When you sit here on the outside, this is an extremely confident dude mm -hmm. saying, if I'm not going at 13 to the Vikings, I'm not going to spend time standing in a hallway in my skivvies at 6 a.m. in the morning waiting for the Vikings to check me out. I'm, I'm asleep. I'm, I'm, right. I'm, I'm good. This is a guy who is leveraging how not only how talented he is, but now also the money that he makes at the college level to bring light to some of the really ridiculous parts of the NFL draft process, the, the combine, and the concept of the NFL draft, where it's like, hey, you don't get to choose where you work. I get to choose where you work because I sucked at football yeah. this year, right? Like, from an outside perspective, it's easy to, to slide into the, the team perspective and be like, this guy's causing problems, his dad's a headache. But when you sit back with a sober mind as a third party and like a viewer of the league who wants parts of NFL football to get better, college football to get better, the draft to get better, Caleb's always wired the right way. I am extremely impressed with Caleb the player, Caleb the person. I love Dude, him a lot. I kind of like that he's really shameless about the whole thing too. Like he, does, he doesn't feel bad about 
any of the stuff that's happening in terms of like right. people were freaking out that he wasn't doing the medicals because I don't think anyone's ever done that before. Well, so yeah, so just to elaborate, so again, the reason the combine, which is dumb, it's the combine. It's the reason this whole thing exists is like 80 years ago they were like we it's should, logistics. They literally it's the logistical thing of yeah. we have to evaluate these guys medically. And so it was a bunch of like in regional medical things. And then as like commercial air travel became more thing, they just put it all in one place. And they just had all these guys do, be evaluated by NFL doctors together. And then it's all equally distributed to the teams. And there's a whole way that works. But basically, Caleb Williams took a page out of the NBA and he's like, yeah, I'm going to give my medicals to like the teams Whoever that could I want to actually give, give yeah. get me. Yeah. So he's like, I'm not going to be in the NBA. It's more common. Like, uh, you, you know, maybe the top 10 pick is like, I'm giving it to 10 teams. Give it who you want to go to. And I understand that because Caleb Williams, well, he's going to go first. Worst case in the world, Caleb Williams is going to go second pick in the draft. Right. Why do you want the other 30 teams to have some detailed breakdown of your medical background and your knees? Like, why would you want your opponents to know that about you? Right, right. And like, I understand, like, I mean, I, I get why. Like, you know, it's funny because we talk about with like documentaries or IP and quarterback. Like, that's content. Like, I understand why you wouldn't want other people to have, like, your literal medical background <laughs> for people at companies that don't, like, yeah. hire you. Yeah. So he's doing that, but that's new. And then the other thing, um, to what you were saying, so, like, about the attitude, the Mina Kimes rule of just, like, do you want to be a quarterback in the NFL? You either have to believe in God or believe you are a God. And it's like, you listen to Jaden Daniels, every answer, basically, he talks about his faith, how it empowers him, how he's grateful for life. And Caleb Williams... He, belie he, belie I, he mm. believes he's God. He believes yeah. he's yeah. God. And it's like you know, Aaron Rodgers, right? Like irrational confidence. So he, Someone asked him, who do you compare yourself to or who do you model your game after? And he's like, I don't really model myself after anyone. I want to rewrite history. Dude, yeah. yeah it's like, like that's, that's a Kanye West he said, he right. said, sentiment. Uh, for years, I've dreamt about being the first overall pick. He didn't say, oh, I've dreamt about, oh, I'll play for the Commanders. I grew up in D.C. Oh, I dreamed of winning Super Bowls. He goes, no, I dreamed of being the first overall pick. Dude, yeah. Like, I, I would like to enter a field of the best athletes in the world and be considered the absolute best one. And Please the, and thank you. It comes back to what DK oh. said about when he walked up, and it was kind of like he walked into a, like, a memory, but it was like he had visualized this moment for his whole yeah. life, and he walked up and was like, nailed it. And then the, you said it after we walked away. You were like, he reminds me of Cam Newton. Not on the right. play style. But in Cam Just the Newton's confidence. The most confident person I've ever... Like, Cam yeah, Newton yeah. invented his... Cam Newton writes Instagram posts in a fake font that he, like, <laughs> yeah, uses that's totally. barely... It's yeah, like yeah. a dialect of writing. Right. And he's just like, yeah, learn Sanskrit because you need to know my content. It can't be in the same way that other people write. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, I, I the Caleb Williams passed the test. We also had Drake May, quarterback from UNC. He's Perfect. the number two quarterback on your board at NFLDraft.thereno.com. Mm -hmm. He is your number two overall player uh, on your board, DK. Right. NFLDraft.thereno.com. What was your vibes take on Drake May? He was definitely more understated. You know, he, I think he had a... <laughs> Hard to be more overstated. <laughs> he said, he said, I actually... No, the first thing Drake May said was, Caleb Williams is going to rewrite history, and then I'm going to immediately rewrite his history, and I'm going to rewrite my own history. <laughs> He's like one-upping him. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. No, he, he just went up there. He was confident. He was calm. What I what I, I think the biggest thing that I took away from it was he was, like, in no way nervous. You know what no, I mean? Like, he was really, really calm, collected, answering questions like, you know with a little bit more detail than a lot of guys do, because there's a lot of players that just go up and be like, yeah, you know, work hard, play hard, you know, give it all for the team and, and then move on or whatever. It's like, just like, Iron sure, but, you know, I just want yeah, to yeah. the team, you know, be a good teammate and Jake mate. Yeah. He I mean, so questions. I appreciated that he kind of like went more in depth in some of the answers. He was just really, really comfortable. Um, and so I think that was like the big vibes thing I got from him. It's like confidence is not going to be an issue with this guy. Um, I can see why, you know, you've heard a lot about how his teammates look up to him and follow him. He's a good leader. Um, that was very apparent that he had that he had a different kind of charisma, but he had a lot of charisma yeah. out there. And the stuff that Caleb does will rub some people the wrong way. 
Will Rob right. enough people the wrong way that he doesn't go one overall? No, I'd be I'd be shocked if he's one overall. Drake's got the side of confidence that will never rub anybody the wrong way, right? It's just like Drake is, is turnkey, right? Like is an NFL is a pro's pro and then play the game the right way, or whatever. He's a Nepo baby confidence. Drake May's dad, Drake May went to UNC. Drake May's dad was the quarterback at UNC, and then he Drake May's dad had a bunch of kids, and those kids all went to UNC and played college sports. Like Drake May, Drake May's brother Luke May hit the winning shot in like the Elite Eight, and the UNC went won the like the Final Four. Like yeah, I was they, gonna say, like his family's been in a lot of big moments before. It didn't, yeah. this didn't feel like it was a big deal. Yeah, dude, his so, brother won the NCAA tournament. Right. Like he's like, yeah, I could talk to 30 people. So, however, are we we have to, can we address it? Sure. Drake May, big tongue guy. A lot of tongue. There's a, like, what? look, he's tw- so he's 21 years old, right? Mm-hmm. 22? How does that and connect? We're, well, we're in, well, we're in Indianapolis. I think hyper fixated on his tongue we, the We've been in time. Indianapolis and like right now, you know, I forgot my chapstick. My lips, my are, lips are chapped right my now. My lips are chapped. It's dry so, out. And then he's talking, he's nervous. <laughs> yeah. And so, but after every answer, he would like lick his lips, which I get. But eventually, you, I noticed it's like he it. counted how many times he blinked. But you know, you know the, those memes of like the, once you see it, like you'll be mm-hmm. like shit bricks. Like once I saw it, I kind of just, but he just, they got more, like there was more licking, the fervor of each lick as he kept answering questions. <laughs> At the beginning, he didn't do it. And then like every answer was just kind of like, there were multiple licks. And then suddenly I was like, I, he's like the new Steve Belichick. I've seen so much of this guy's tongue. How much Steve Belichick tongue have you seen? Dude, there's one clip. It's oh, all there I is see. that one gift. Dude, yeah. He does it all the time. It's a, here's the thing. It's one clip. This, is, this was nowhere near what that was. He, no, it was the Belichick that. one was like creepy and weird. Yeah. This one was no, but there were a couple normal. No, I took videos. I went back and I watched this for the answers. Not and the he's tongue. yeah. And then I went back and watched the slow mo. Zoomed in on his lips. That's, I didn't. That's not I weird at all. Zoomed in on his face. He was talking with his face. How many t- videos like, of Drake May's tongue do you have on your phone right now? Well, okay. Let's be real. We're acting like I took videos for the tongue. I was taking videos because we're fluid in Indianapolis, and I want to hear Drake May speak. And then as he's speaking, I realize this, this, this right, conversation's they, making they, me uncomfortable. They save the videos. They save the transcripts. So you don't need to do that. <laughs> so right now, you have those on your phone because of the tongue. It's content creation, Ben. I'm like, well... It's a tongue is what it is. Well, it became about the tongue. It's like, look, journalism, we're here to do the story. Sometimes you don't know the story until your story. And I'm sitting there, and I'm like, the story is, this kid needs some chapstick. That's a huge story. Like... Yeah. Maybe there's something on the Just me? receiver shouldn't drop their phone. It's like, man, if quarterback can't remember his chat, it's like, how's supposed to remember a play call? How's supposed to remember a whole Gruden play call if he can't, if he can't remember his Burt's Bees? J.J. McCarthy spoke at the same time as Jaden Daniels. I went to Jaden Daniels. You were at J.J. McCarthy, DK. Mm-hmm. Uh, McCarthy's quarterback at Michigan. He's your f- number four quarterback on your board. He's number 27 overall for you. Yeah. Uh, what, was your, what was your vibes takeaway from J.J. McCarthy? Uh, he, he's another very confident guy, obviously. I think, you know, you can tell he's been... In a lot of pressers, he's obviously plays for the national champion team. You know, he's been in a lot of big moments, big games. It was very clear. I thought he was like so polished. It was almost like fake. Yeah, it, it was like borderline Russell Wilson esque in the did way that he even, talked to the. Did yeah. you even see his tongue one red time? Red flag. Red flag. His tongue didn't even come out of his mouth. Um, but my impression was yes, he very confident, like gregarious, outgoing. But he said the exact same thing to like every question. Wait, like, like Marco Rubio? It was With just the like Chris Christie debate. He kept repeating the answer. Yeah, like like. In, <laughs> By the way, part of it was like the reporter's fault because, again, there was just like a lot of questions like, oh, if you could play for this team, how would that make you feel? And it's like, okay, well, he's just going to be like, oh, yeah, it'd be exciting to play for that team. Great players, great coaches. Uh, you know, like all the – it was just basically very boilerplate platitudes, very generic, no like 
insight really into the answers I felt like, but um, I'm not going to dock him for it, but it was very like Russell Wilson. But what do you mean? Are you saying that he actually was asked, like he said, he, did he actually repeat the same words? Like he's like, did you do with the Colts? And he just said like, what? Like, I mean, what? I don't know. It, the basic gist for a lot of the answers were like almost exactly the same, basically. Because um, his know, agent, their agents are prepping them for very this Very coached up, very polished. Yeah. His the, hair interests me greatly. He has a JJ he McCarthy's has a, hair. He has, he has a, a very oh, he was big tuft in the of hair too. on the very front of his it's head. Like, it's like because it's not a widow's. Peak. I'm not going to talk about like hairlines. Yeah, you guys can talk about hairlines. <laughs> it's not a widow's. Um, peak. It's, it's just like it's just like a crest. He looks like he looks like a male bird. <laughs> 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 He has a plume. Wait, wait, a crest. Oh, it, like a is, cresting wave? Yeah. It's right, almost, right, his, it, it, uh, there's more of a plume here. It's than like, where does the hair start? Is it falling forward or is it, is it, is where it is generating it from out here? Of his head? Oh, you ever seen people who try to diagram Donald Trump's hair? Like, like where, where did like, this, where, this the hair is here, but where does it hair, start? Right, yeah. right. Yeah, that's, that's how I felt, good. The, anyway, yeah, JJ was throwing in the in the hotel, and there was a clip of it. And it was like, "Look at JJ throwing in the hotel," which is something that has been done by every other quarterback that's ever been here ever. Yeah, has been documented at other times. And Michael Penix literally did like four hours later. But when JJ's doing it, man, look oh at JJ boy. ripping that throw in the in the hallway, so, getting warm, getting loose. Well, because he was throwing it over like a drop in like an angle, and if he screwed it up, it would have gone down the floor. And I think that that made me think I want quarterbacks throwing in more like weird places. Yeah, like 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 trick shots. It's only fields, and I'm like, yeah, like we should put him in weird spots. For a second, I thought you meant Justin, and I was like, where is he throwing it? And then I realized fields. He also the- he also said the only stat I care about is winning, which you know, sick. You win the championship, you can say that. Also, JJ McCarthy. So he's the only one of the f- top four quarterbacks throwing. So Caleb Williams is going to throw because he's like, you know, don't need you guys. Drake May's not going to throw because, sure, I guess he doesn't want to throw. And then Jane Daniels, they're all going to throw at their pro days in their own, like, more, you know, like more making pr- teams more come prep, to them. Yeah, yeah more like prep. Like, they have their receivers, Like, whatever. prep for all this stuff. And then, yeah. and then J.J. McCarthy, though, who is probably the, other, the fourth guy who might be a top-five quarterback pick, he is going to throw. So the next one is going to be a J.J. McCarthy show. So we can the next episode we do we'll see him sh- we'll see him throw and then I'm curious are you, if you guys are as before we see him are you guys like McCarthyites are you, are the McCarthyism I mean I think I'm here? in the middle on the spectrum of people who either love or hate him I'm just like I think he has traits and talent and and, and the skill set to be a starter in the NFL um, I don't know if I buy like the top ten talk necessarily in terms of like the ideal value for him I think he probably end up going in the top ten but um, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of in the middle. I think that I, I, I'm actually like a believer in some of the intangible stuff that he brings to the table, like how good he was in, in clutch situations and things like that. But like, you know, I'm not, I, I don't like absolutely love him. He's my quarterback four. So I would not like to draft JJ McCarthy where McCarthy's going to go. I would love to get a JJ McCarthy. Which is where do you think that is, as you say? Yeah, that. I think he's going to go top 10, top 15. I, agree. I would love to take him at pick 58. Right, fifty-eight. <laughs> yeah, like you just take I him. That number fifty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So insultingly. At first, I was thinking fifty-seven. I was like, it's too rich. Yo, who is the fifty-eight? Be reasonable. He's yeah. fifty-eight at best. I, I think he's a developmental player. He's a young player. He's got some tools. And you, so you Last year, the fifty-eighth pick was Luke Schoonmaker to the Dallas oh, Cowboys. Yeah, but also f- at Michigan, actually. But fifty-seven was John Michael Schmitz, and fifty-eight was Osiris Jones. Fifty-six was Tyreek Stevenson. Those are good players. You'd rather have a. I, I'm a Giants fan. John Michael Schmidt, center from Minnesota, solid rookie season. You'd rather have him than 
J.G. McCarthy? No, so maybe 57 then. Maybe okay, yeah. Right. Let's go back yeah, to 57. This is what they're doing in draft rooms right now, by the way. Right, right, right. This is how they make the board. They just look at last year's draft and they go, John Michael Trent or J.G. McCarthy. Um... Yeah, so like it, that's the thing. It's a value thing. It's a quarterback inflation thing. I just think he's a year away from being a year away. And even if he comes into his his ceiling and he rounds into form, I'm not sure it's like, you know, real uh, above average starter. I think he's a Brock Purdy sort of player, sort of arc, uh, and that can work for like a team like the Falcons or a team like the Vikings. Who, I really think, uh, given the way the Vikings have talked about the quarterback position, the way the McCarthy talked about the Vikings, I do think that's a pairing that you're going to see become really popular over the next couple of months. Uh, so you can work for them. I just don't think it's like a high end starter. Okay. Uh, and again, I, J.J. McCarthy, one of the top four quarterbacks. The last one here, Jaden Daniels, quarterback at LSU. I was at this one because McCarthy. Had I, I bounced around too. I was there too. Yeah. So, well, what's your vibes taking Jaden Daniels? He was a little quiet, honestly. I mean, yeah. like relative to the other guys, I think he was a little bit more reserved and reserved, is the reserved and word. quiet. You know, he wasn't. He was he was confident, but he was just not as boisterous, I guess, as some of the other like Caleb Williams and Jane Daniels. I would say like are on two ends of the spectrum in terms of like their outgoing personality. And I think this is what we've heard about mm-hmm. Jane Daniels before in terms of like his leadership style. It's not necessarily super rah rah. He's just like a quiet leader. Um, so that but was super kind of, positive though, like reserved yeah. and quiet. But like he every question he was like, I'm grateful. I'm like like the. Like also, we haven't talked about this yet, but like when he left Arizona State, he was like one of the best prospects in the history of Arizona State. And Antonio Pierce, who coached the Raiders, like recruited him when he worked on the Herm Edwards stuff. I think recruited Jaden Daniels to Arizona State. Uh, he Jaden Daniels ends up transferring, and I think just the disappointment of it when they left. This inst- the video went viral of his teammates like raiding his locker room, like this dude sucked anyway, taking his stuff, throwing it in the trash, keeping oh, what geez. they wanted, yeah. and like they did it and. They asked him about it, and even then, like years ago, he was like, "You know what, man? I'm just so happy for the opportunity. I want to judge him in the moment. Like, I love those guys. I mean, <laughs> that like, sounds like Russell like, Wilson. What? Yeah, Dude, <laughs> that's, that's Russ. That's it Russ. Was wild. Sorry, like, maybe this is even, Russell Wilson. Actually, so, I don't know. Or he just, I don't know. I, I, I don't know what this dude is like. Super positive. I mean, it, it, that's a very good quality to have mm-hmm. as a quarterback, whether it's projected or real. Yeah. I, I think being able to bounce back from a bad play, bad, bad pick. You know, a bad situation where your teammates end up not liking you or whatever. Like that is absolutely a good so, trait to have. Here's the funny story. I don't know if you were there for this. The only one time the veneer of positivity dropped. So he was at. So again, Antonio Pierce is like his guy, and like he was at the Raiders Week 18 game, mm. and like Antonio Pierce was asked. Like I think him and I think they both would like to him to go to the Raiders. Pierce, right. and we'll see if it happens. But like he was asked, oh, how was you meeting with the Raiders? And he's like, man, I love those guys. Like. You know, I just love Coach AP, and he just spoke so glowingly of them for, like, so long. He was like, oh, it's so nice. Like, I love working with them. Like, it was such a great interview. And he was, like, bubbling. You know, he's got, then he got the 13th pick. Then he was asked, the Broncos at the 12th pick. He's like, how was meeting with Denver? And he's just like, um. Dude. And he just, I saw his heart sink. He was like, just, I could see his mind. I go back to talking to Sean Payton. This, this was a theme, actually, yes. among several different quarterbacks. I actually heard, because, of course, one, one reporter was going around, hey, how was your meeting with the, the Broncos, right? And, um... I remember Michael Penix, his reaction was like, he like kind of like thought about it and like laughed. Dude, he was yes. Like, he was like, uh, it was unique. I think really? was what he said. Something like that. Um, I think something weird was going on Dude, in these they, Broncos they did the, meetings. Um, the Jackson and Jigba, when he was asked about uh, Luke, Luke Getzey, he was yeah, like, yeah. No, 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 are we uh, live? Shane Waldron. Oh, sorry, yeah, yeah Shane yeah, Waldron. Yeah. was like, uh, are we live? Like, he's, but, he's a nice guy. Yeah, yeah he's a nice guy. Jaden Daniels was like, uh, you know, it's, it's good to talk ball, man. It's good to talk ball. Like, anyway, I know Panic, so, Panic said they put a bunch of his bad plays up 
Sean um, Payton, I'm out on the Broncos, man. Austin tweet or Austin texted us. JJ McCarthy said the Broncos meeting was amazing. Yeah. Just, yeah. just <laughs> lying, you know, just like lying. lying. <laughs> Popping up in a can, grabbing an answer, <laughs> tossing it to the fishes. Oh my god. This episode is brought to you by Empower. You got money questions like, can I retire early? What are my best savings options? Can I afford to pay for my kids' education? Luckily, Empower has all the answers. With Empower's real-time dashboard and real live conversations, you get clarity on your real-life financial goals. So join 18 million Americans and Empower What's Next. Start today at Empower.com. Tap the banner or visit this episode's page to learn more. Sponsored by Empower, not an endorsement or a statement of satisfaction by a client. There's a lot that could impress you about the all-new Honda Prologue EV. True, it's got class-leading passenger space and clean, thoughtful design and intuitive technology. But what really sets the Prologue apart from the competition is that it's more than an EV. It's a Honda. Honda, the power of dreams. Visit honda.com slash prologue to learn more. This episode is brought to you by NetSuite by Oracle. As your business grows, you might start seeing some lag. There's too much work for your team, too many different processes, and it takes forever to close the books. If this sounds like you, you should know these three numbers, 37,000, 25, and one. 37,000 is the number of businesses that have upgraded to NetSuite by Oracle. It's a cloud financial system that can help streamline accounting, financial management, inventory, HR, and more. 25, that's how many years NetSuite has been helping businesses do more with less. And one, because your one-of-a-kind business deserves a customized solution for your KPIs. It's like when you come here for this podcast or when you check out your favorite website to gather all the info you need to make better decisions for your fantasy leagues. Well, NetSuite does that for your business and then some. It's one efficient system, one source of truth with everything you need to grow. Right now, download NetSuite's popular KPI checklist designed to give you consistently excellent performance absolutely free at netsuite.com slash ringer. That is netsuite.com slash ringer. Let's talk about the receivers. Malik Neighbors and Roma Dunze both spoke so highly of the New York Giants, and they both basically described... Is it Dayball or Shane that they love? Joe Shane is the Giants GM, and Brian Dayball's head coach. And based on what they said of how much joy was in the room, I don't think it was coming from Joe Shane. I have to think Brian yeah. Dable was so overwhelmed and thrilled to find someone who could run faster than like a 4-5. Like that might Darius play for the Giants. Dude, they have fast guys. So I, I, Wanda dude, Robinson. Do you know that Darius Slayton Jalen has Hyatt. Jalen Hyatt Giants. is extremely fast. <laughs> All right, fine, but can he turn? Yeah. No need. <laughs> <laughs> but the neighbors, first of all, Malik neighbors. So again, uh, number five overall player on your board, DK, is your number yeah. two receiver behind Marvin Harrison Jr., who we will get to. Malik Neighbors, talk about vibes. Malik Neighbors was asked, so, um, you know, and again, you compared him to Ricky Bobby in mm. your draft guy, DK, and like just wants to go fast. And Jaden Daniels said at his podium, he's like, I've never seen Malik Neighbors tackled by the first guy who tried to tackle him, which I thought was like a perfect description. But Malik Neighbors was asked, so, you know, who are some of the best cornerbacks that played against you? You played against so many good ones. Who's like some of the best players who guarded you? And Malik Neighbors was like, oh, man, you know what? Just like. You know, there's just so many cornerbacks that get thrown against me in every game. I usually six, eight cornerbacks <laughs> every game to throw against the stop. It's so hard to pick and think about one that tried because, frankly, I don't really think any of them did. So I, I don't, I can't <laughs> think of any to be honest. <laughs> yeah. It's tough to figure out what it says on their nameplate when they're five yards Dude, behind me. Like, ah, like, I can't read. Was that a one? Is that a seven? It's tough to see. I, I, just, it, I couldn't. Yeah. He just was like, nope. You know, he, how, he was intense. That was my yeah. impression. 
neighbors. You know, you know how wide receiver brain is like such a big thing in the league, and it's mm-hmm. like, why don't I have ten thousand targets? Let but they're me, basketball players. Let me, like, spiritually, yeah, I need the ball. Tweet crazy things. Wide receiver brain peaks at the NFL Combine. <laughs> the kids are still like they're like 21, 22. They're just about to get into money. They're about to get into the league. The whole point of the week is just tell everybody how great you are. Right. They're loose. They have podiums, big lights. Everybody's excited to talk to them. Wide receivers are the best interviews at the combine, without question. It's so All true. Of them. From elite neighbors in Roma Dunze down to a seventh round pick out of Stephen F. Austin. You have to be like, man, like what's this week been like? And he's like, man. I'm just so excited to get to the league and dominate. Puka's record is well, only 1,500 yards. It's not going to be a problem. Like, it's just like, <laughs> the wide receiver brain is at, it, is at its absolute pinnacle. What's it? Was I, uh, Mountain. It's having the, uh, what, what do we say on Ringer Apex Podcast? Mountain. Apex Mountain. Mountain. <laughs> Apex Mountain for Ringer Brain. Paramount Plus. Yeah, it's, it's right, right here. It's right here. And then it's, <laughs> it's just down from here on, from here into the league. <sighs> Dude, yeah, Romo Dunze was also awesome. Like, I, I actually do think the Giants are going to draft a receiver based. Malik Neighbors also said, Malik Neighbors went into more detail about the meeting. He basically was like, yeah, man, the Giants, they they really need a receiver. I think they want, uh, uh, I mean, they might want a receiver. Yeah. <laughs> you know, because Odell left. And I was like, they told him they are going to yeah. do. Uh, so I think between Neighbors and Odunze, I became thrilled because they're also just, they were cool. And then Odunze, who, again, receiver out of Washington, he's number six overall on your board, DK's your number three receiver. And Odunze, yeah, the top of the joy in the room. And then also people ask them wild questions. But the... The vibes for Odunze, like he was so comfortable and he had the same confidence, but instead of neighbors, like the intensity, Odunze had this wild quality where he kind of put everyone else at ease. Like the reporters, if they, he couldn't hear them, I've never seen, he got out of his, he like leaned forward and <laughs> stared them directly in the eyes. Eye like, contact. He was like, mm. like just staring down. And then he also just like one reporter was trying to dominate. He's like, hey man, you got three questions wrong. I got to get to everybody. And like everyone laughed. It was weird. He put everyone at ease. And then he was so comfortable in his own skin. But I don't know, kind of like in a wise beyond his years way. And it yep. was like, it was very impressive. I forget what year was it. It was definitely a year of quarterbacks where we, we did we did a thing about like who leaned on the tables, and like looked big and who like stepped back and like oh, didn't feel the size. I remember talking about Michael Mayer was like, yeah, yeah, he, yeah. he was I, just I love, towering. I love someone people. who's willing to be out, be out, leaning yeah, yeah, yeah. over the mic. It's a power move. Looking six foot seven. It is. It's, it's a good like move. coming yeah. up, coming up to move. someone's desk that you're working with yep. and just like putting your leg up, putting your foot up on yes. their desk, you know, yeah. leaning in. How you doing? It's a power move. The... Other thing about Odunze, so Roma Odunze was not patient zero of this, but there were people going around asking every player, are birds real? <laughs> yeah. And okay. Odunze was like, no, 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 dude. Like, they're AI generated. <laughs> Odunze said, he was All kidding. birds are real except for pigeons. Oh, yeah. So that's important. Yeah. pigeons real. Right. And then they were like, dude, you ever seen a baby pigeon? There's no baby pigeons because they're just made by the government. And I'm like, why would the pigeons show you the babies? Yeah, the baby, like it, it, part of part Never. of nature is you try and protect your young. Yeah, and no therefore you hide them. No one's ever seen a baby animal anything. That's the, <laughs> whole, that's the whole point of nests and coves and 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 hollows. Like there's no we saw burrows. Big, right, exactly. Whales right. swim like six thousand miles just to have their babies somewhere right, in the exactly. middle of nowhere ocean. The humans are the only animal they have a baby. And they're like, ah, <laughs> you see them? You see them? Here, hold this Pretty baby. Good. Everyone else is like, this thing can't live. Hide it. Or the alternative, they're like, they birth it and they're like, walk. Go, we're moving. Right? Also, also, if you if you Google pigeon baby, like there's a lot, there's a lot of there's pictures. Definitely. There's, there's <laughs> many yeah, yeah, yeah. pigeon babies. Also, the other thing, all AI generated. The other two thing, <laughs> the other thing about the pigeon babies is like, you know what? Well, they can't fly, so like they're in the nest. It's in the sky. Yeah, it's How hard. It's hard to it? see them because they're they're not visible to your eye. Yeah, yeah. Where you're standing. that's twenty feet up, but yeah. they can't leave the nest. It's like the whole thing. Yep. 
But you ever it, heard of camouflage? Yeah. <laughs> like, it's a fun bit, though. It is a good bit, right? Like, if you've never seen a baby pigeon, be like, nope. And e- my view on the world hasn't changed. Email us at Ringer Fantasy Football. Oh, this is the other thing. All right, email us at ringerfantasyfootballgmail.com if you have thoughts on the birds aren't real thing. Low stakes conspiracy theories are back. I have a lot of those. But Drake May is asked this question too. Drake May laughs and then says, you know what? It's so funny you say that. I took a class on conspiracy theories at UNC and then like gave his answer. And then no one followed up on that as if that is like, and they're like, did you talk to the Houston Texans? I'm like... I would like to know more about what Drake May learned in his conspiracy theories class. Drake May, you should probably look up the like what the class is like online. Oh my yeah. God, you, uh, Kai, while you do, find the syllabus for the conspiracy theory. <laughs> syllabus class. is the word I was. Find looking the for. syllabus. <laughs> um, Doug, Drake yeah. May, if you get drafted by the Denver Broncos and have to fly into the Denver airport, will you be concerned <laughs> about them? To the Denver airport, that one's weird, but at least that makes sense. Because what's like, weird about it, dude? It, the Wikipedia on the Denver airport's crap. We never, we never talked about this. There's a theory that there's like underground bunkers under the Denver airport where like the Illuminati and the Freemasons because it's like on a plateau. So the the short answer is a giant plateau, but underneath it's it's, like a fort. Well, I'm giving you all the information I have at this time. It's a combo of a few things. The Denver airport's massive and weird, and got to remember it's near like the U.S. Air Force, so it's like an airport. The U.S. Air Force is in Denver. I believe so in Colorado Springs, right? right. The, yeah, the, the Air, Air Force. Force. Yeah. What did I say? <laughs> no, no. The, the Air say? Force has probably multiple. Oh, bases. sorry, the Air Force Academy. I yeah. call it right. It's by the US right, Air Force. Right? I'd be worried That's if, we where had, it is. if we had our entire <laughs> Air Force in one location. Like, I mean, I'm not like a military <laughs> <I'm> right, right? <laughs> strategic yeah, Harry, genius yeah. or anything, but you like know, you we should, should spread, no, spread we should, out. We yeah, the Air Force Denver. Academy <laughs> is in Colorado Springs, and so it's an airport around the Air Force Academy, so obviously it's like government. But then the weird part is that the airport leans into being weird, so that they're like, yeah, sure, let's put up like a demon horse with red glowing eyes, like the meme. Uh, there's like a guy who listens who every single week posts a tweet that's like Ringer Fantasy Football or Ringer NFL Draft Shot of Context. Yeah. It's got four images. And every <laughs> oh, yeah. so often this is going to be a good one. Shout out to this guy. Every so often during the pod, I'm like, oh, this is one of them. And the second we said Denver Airport, I was like, oh, yeah. This I is want one of them. them to be the weird horse outside the airport. Yeah. yeah thank you to that. Who, that Joshua Ray, I think it is. Yeah, yeah, Shout yeah. out. Yeah. Uh, also, oh, talking about airports, Roma Dunze was asked if you had to take over a plane and you had to fly it, could you fly it? He said, oh, no, 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 absolutely not. He's like, all, all souls, souls will, will perish. perish. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> we are dying. I appreciate yes. the honesty. Which I also like, it's like, oh, let's find a clever way to ask him if he's clutch and see if he's confident. And Roman's like, yes, I am clutch and confident. Also very practical about my ability to fly an airplane. We're I love reasonable confidence. I mean, have like, you seen yeah. how many like knobs? A lot of buttons. There are. Yeah. I will say every time I deep plane and the doors open, I do take a look in there and I'm like, Just taking oh, stock. I, wonder, I kind of yeah. wish. wonder what those lights do. I kind of <laughs> wish I had known what Caleb Williams answered. I do actually wish that Caleb Williams had answered that question. Oh yeah. But we should ask. Person we don't know is Marvin Harrison Jr., who I this has never happened. So Marvin Harrison Jr. is not going to do testing and stuff. And like honestly, I get it. He's the best receiver in, the, in college football. And he's like, yeah, I'm not going to run. So a lot of players don't run at the combine because they want to do either because their health. They're just like, nope, not for me. And then they're going to do it at the pro day. Marvin Harrison Jr. is doing the rather extraordinary step of being like, I'm not going to run for you at all. Mm-hmm. I'm just not going to run a 40 yard dash. I'm not doing anything for anybody. But then to the point, but he was still in Indianapolis. And then scheduled to speak, and then, and like literally moments before he's supposed to come out, an NFL spokesman walks out and says, So uh, he's not coming, and I have no further information for you whatsoever. Irish exit. He just yep. Irish exited the press conferences. <laughs> and so I don't know. Uh, DK, do you respect that? Or? Yeah, 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 that's my move. Yeah. If I wasn't going to do that, I wouldn't like tell people ahead of time. I'd just not show up and or just leave without telling anyone. Yeah. 
I think that's the move. The Marvin Harrison, I'm not going to participate in the draft process, is a really unique. I'm not going to participate in the draft process because it's not him being like, I'm not doing the combine. The combine's a mess. I'm going to the Ohio State Pro Day where, like, I, you know, we can control the environment. Obviously, everybody's going to come into Ohio State. And they're all going to see me. They're all going to want me anyway. He's just not doing the pre-draft process. He is not going to train for drills that quasi connect to NFL skills. He's basically just saying, listen, like, I, you see, you've seen this tape, right? Pretty good tape. Like, I think he fundamentally saying, I'm the best non-quarterback in this class. My film is good enough to stand on that. I'm not going to waste my time doing something otherwise. There's, I, I have some admiration for that. I get that. And, like, I think it's good to be like, all right, I'm going like, to do some weird training at some stuff and risk an injury. Like, you know, pop my Achilles coming out for the 40. Like, I, I, I get that. I also don't think he could pull this off if he had the equivalent tape and his name was like Bob. What if he was still Marvin Harrison's son, but he was just named Fred Harrison? I right, think Fred right. Harrison has to run and show up. It's just Marvin Harrison. I think the NFL legacy is, is, is a huge part of what allows him to do this. I also think that he can do this and his film is unbelievable. There are also, we have to remember, we walked into the week with like some teams of Malik Neighbors wide receiver one. This is not going to stop that. This is not going to help answer that, right? Roma Dunze is doing all the testing, and his thing was like, I'm the best receiver in this class, and I'm going to show that, right? Like, wide receiver one is not as locked up as I think uh, Marvin conceives of it to be. And so to give this approach kind of implies, like, I'm very clearly wide receiver one. I'm very clearly top five pick. And there's there's disagreement with that across the league. And so I'm not sure how well this will, will play for him. I'm still right now telling you, like, I would put all my marbles, my life savings on Marvin Harrison to be the first non-quarterback taking. He's going to be four overall to the Cardinals. But there's a chance we have legitimate movement on that mm. over the next couple months. Well, glad that an M Fred. Good also, by the way, he's not the only one that's ever done that. Like, this is this is relatively common. Yeah, Brock Bauer is tight end Georgia. NFL draft out the rear to come. DK's number four player, number one tight end. Just quick update for Craig. I assume he's listening. Oh, yeah, uh, Craig the hater. Update. Craig the hater. Not only does the hairline thing, I saw him before he went on the podium. Dude, the guy doesn't come. His hair. And I get it. It's like 8 in the morning. Who has a comb? Well, I think he probably got combed. I think <laughs> not you, brother. <laughs> well, not me, but I never had <laughs> Do you use to. a comb? Yeah. Oh, Did man. I didn't at, know people still use combs. I got I, Tika, what do you think? Just use your hand or something? I don't know. You got to, like, You're using a comb? Did you? In there. This is a very standard behavior. <laughs> Tika, I'm not going to lie. I think, like, the overwhelming majority of people use combs. Austin, have you ever used a comb in your life? Yeah. Okay, he's not did, a yes. Did you use a comb before you lost your hair? No, no, no. Like, my mom used a comb when I was a little baby kid, you know? <laughs> I didn't know that adults used combs all how, that often. I thought that was like a like the greasers in the 50s would, like, run no, a comb through their hair. You're thinking right now, like, a little tiny plastic right, right. thing. With like the like a, that's like, called a comb. Yes. No, like, don't look at us like we're crazy. We're, right. Like, there's other combs that are, like, you know, a little well, more expensive what are these for combs? adults. What are these combs? Are you saying like? we use brushes, or you're surprised that, like, grown men use anything other than your ha their hands no, 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 to no. use I, Specifically hair. combs. I thought that was just kind of like an archaic thing. No, I mean, I actually are, like, think carrying it's carrying like around combs. I, so, like, <laughs> so, like, it's, it's Google pushes <laughs> like combs. <laughs> Things like this, like, they help you, like, like I have, like, a part of my hair, a side right, part right, of my right. hair, right? Right. That allows me to, like, make sure I get all the hairs down that I want to get down and then pull the hairs Wait, over the side. What's okay. the Will Ferrell movie where they're skating? The, I can't believe I just explained combs to a man. No, I understand, I understand. I've seen a comb before. I What's understand. Calvin's hair situation? I understand how combs work. $100 Italian handmade Well, Calvin gets his hair brushed. Pretty, so your big. son has something other than hands for his hair. But he thinks it's Again, like a Again, Heifetz thing. is missing the point completely. Yes. 25 years old and you had hair. Right. You didn't own a comb? No. I like when he says something and then you ask him 
the exact same thing. I just wanted to clarify. Let me reword it here. What are you saying? I don't get it. I wanted to make sure I got it. You're saying I'm missing the point. Look, look, I concede the point. All right, I'm the weird one. I truly just didn't realize people like still use combs a lot. All right, cool. Like I thought that was like a '50s greaser thing. All right. Well, anyway, well, Brock Bowers. Brock Bowers came in a little heavier than expected. Anyways, he's not combing his hair. Yeah, also, dude, Kirby Smart, the coach at Georgia, said Brock Bowers. I didn't get three words out of him in three years at Georgia. Brock Bowers, the least comfortable person in a. Uh, I think that was his personal hell. So, but anyway, yeah, I asked about that. But anyway, Brock Bowers, he measured in, and what blew my mind is everyone's like, "Oh, Brock Bowers is small," and because of the picture with Rob Gronkowski. Mm-hmm. And you, you're telling me now his measurables are more or less the exact same. Brock Bowers is the same size. Basically, Sam Laporta for the Lions just said, like, one of the best rookie seasons for a tight end right. in, like, the 21st century. Austin was Austin was trying to, like, freak me out about Brock Bowers a lot. Like, this yeah, time last true. week, he was just, like, pulling up all these stats on, on tight ends that, you know, tight ends under 245 pounds have, like, never had a big season, essentially, something like that. Um, or and or the only tight ends that have had big seasons at that weight are like all in the last three years. So it's it's a number one. It's a new thing in the NFL essentially that but weight you is have not your light, fate. lighter tight ends. Yeah, You've been talking being about used this in offenses. Year. Yeah, um, but I thought it was interesting that he was almost exactly the same size. As Do you want to elaborate on the weight Laporta. is not your fate? You made this point with all the receivers last year in the season. Well, I mean, obviously, I think in the history of the NFL, going back like whatever it is, fifty years, um, the Guys under 180 pounds. It's like very, very rare to see either, you know, receivers or corners that light. It's becoming much, much more common now. You even have a guy like Tank Dell who is, I don't even know what, 155, 60 pounds. Literally yeah, Solex weight yeah. when he yeah. has an, not even slot, an outside receiver in the right. NFL and he's literally Solex size. And I mean, a lot of that has to do with uh, the way that offenses look right now. And a lot of it has to do with the things that defenses are not allowed to do anymore. Um, and so, you know, obviously, the NFL is changing. Tight ends are lighter. They don't have to do as much blocking. They're used, like, flexed out a little bit more often. Um, you know, a guy like Brock Bowers in particular is a run-after-the-catch weapon. He's kind of like a Debo guy. Like, they yeah. use him on sweeps. They use him on screenplays. He's, like, lines up in the backfield every once in a while. It's not just the offensive lineman. You know who's the lightest offensive line in the league and has for, like, six years? is the Niners because you need those kinds of athletes to be at line. And mm-hmm. it's like when we keep saying about how the Shanahan stuff is spreading, it's like you need the philosophical commitment. Everyone's just lighter. It's, it, it, yeah, as the rules change. So I, miss, I miss real football. I miss 265-pounders <laughs> collision to kaiju against uh, Jaeger, man. I miss big football. Oh, this reminds me. Hyphas and I were talking the other day. Yeah. Um, Maybe you were here, so this would be a stupid quiz. <laughs> do, you know, how, how, what, do you know the measurements for uh, Brandon Jacobs? Oh, dude, yeah, Brandon how Jacobs. How big was Brandon Jacobs? Back? Brandon was like 6'3", 260. Is yeah. six four two six. I was like, I guess I was like two forty five. What defensive ends are now? Please never heat check me on measurements. No, I, I wasn't trying to heat check you. Okay, I, good, I mean, good, I kind good, of assumed wow, that, that was the, that was feisty. I, but I, I was like, I was like two hundred and sixty pound yeah. running back, like big fella. Dude, he's a <laughs> defensive six, end. Six four two sixties defensive ends. There's there are two linebackers at this combine who weigh more than two hundred and forty pounds. <laughs> they are two hundred and forty and two hundred and forty one pounds. Right. What has happened to my sport? What is two, I want get, bring back two hundred sixty pound running So like once the days when ESPN had jacked up and McDonald's fries had trans fats. That's the that's the past. I want everyone for. to have very healthy and safe collisions, and I want and, uh, mental health and, and no concussions. But I also, I man, football is a big person sport. I miss the big people. Brock Bowers is going to be unbelievable. He's going to be so good. So, I but can't j- wait. just to round it all out, clear cut. Sam Laporta last year, 6'3", 245, 32 and an eighth inch arms. Brock Bowers, 6'3", 243, so two pounds lighter, 32 and three quarter inch arms. It's going to be interesting. We, as of right this minute, he has not tested. And so it's going to be interesting to see if he opts out. Just like basically the the whole gain eight pounds and then not test thing. 
We'll see if he does that. He may have bulked up a little bit for the combine. That's valid. But then the people, I, I think there are people like wondering, oh, does this mean he's not going to test? And if he doesn't test, uh, does it mean he's actually really slow at this weight? Like, I would just say, I would not worry too much about his speed. Like, have you ever watched well, him play football? Well, here's my like, question. He's fast as hell. He's explosive. And here's the thing. Defenses will give you tight end routes underneath. Like, defenses are built to be like, right. let's stop the wide receivers from running very far down the field. Let's stop the tight ends running very far down the field. If the wide receivers are running underneath the running quick game, let's try to get connected to them because they're scary and they're fast. And if they chip with a tight end and they leak him out into the flat and he catches the ball, we'll live with that. We're going to go rally and tackle that 260-pound son of a gun. He can't break any tackles. Four-yard gain, we'll live for the next down. Brock Bowers can make that a 20-yard gain. Right. Like, Brock, it is very challenging for me to envision a world where Brock does not find a good role in the NFL. There's a chance that he goes, like, top 10 and ends up not, you know, Sam Laporte, Living 900 rookie yards. Right, yeah, right. Right, right. There's absolutely a chance he's not like walking, oh, immediately top five guy in year one. But I would be shocked if Brock Bauer's career ends without him having a significant stretch of being a useful player in the league because of that one ability. He can create an explosive play with yards after the catch at the tight end position. That is an extremely rare quality to have. So here's my question. DK, you have uh, Roma Dunze received from Washington number six. You have Brock Bauer's number four. Let's say the Bears have taken Caleb Williams number one. The Bears also have the ninth pick. The Bears are on the board. You, I assume you're saying that Brock, they Bears should take, if you were in charge, would you take Brock Bowers over Roma Dinza? You haven't ranked higher. That's tough. Because they a have lot of the, Komet, a lot of the rank, a yeah, tough. A lot of the rankings are, you know, I mean, I think there's, you can definitely be like, oh, well, what about contract value? You know what I mean? Like, because tight end, if you take a tight end in the top 10, then you start to talk about whether that's a good value relative to the guys that are making the most money at the position because, you know, the tight end market essentially hasn't moved in like three years, whereas the receiver market is going up, like not exponentially, but like a lot each year. And so you could make the argument Roma Dunze is more valuable at that spot because wide receivers make $23 million a year. Brock Bowers will be the top three or four highest paid tight end, but Roma Dunze would be like a top 35 right. receiver. And so there's a value argument there. There's also a fit and, um, you know, what the quarterback needs and all that stuff. I, I, I think it's like a toss-up, honestly. That's basically, you know, me sitting on the fence. I really like both of these players. Um, it just kind of depends on what you want. Do you want a guy who's going to get a ton of yak? That's Brock Bowers because Odunze is really not that well, good. Brock at that. Bowers could probably fly a plane. I don't think Roman. I mean, Dunze. he would. He would feel confident not killing all the souls on board. Brock Bowers would not say anything over the intercom to the passengers. <laughs> the light would just go on. The <laughs> just the seat belt on. He would just, he'd click on. He'd be like, "Uh oh, click back on." <laughs> it was a, it was a problem. Yep. <laughs> he kind of looks like just like the prototypical like airline pilot. You know, Shoveled. Like, <laughs> <laughs> didn't get great sleep. Um. Anyways, but Wait, yeah. Would you pick Odunze or Bowers? So like nine Odunze. bears. Odunze for sure. I mean, like, Komet isn't my favorite uh, a tight end. I thought the contract was a little big. But there's just a lot more snaps and a lot more room for, for Rome. And I think Rome pairs really nicely with DJ because Rome is so rock steady and DJ's good explosive. DJ Moore at the base. Yeah, yeah DJ Moore, absolutely, yeah. So I, I personally take Rome. They take Brock over Rome. I wouldn't be. I wouldn't feel a certain way about it, though. I, I, you know, I think Brock's going to be an excellent player. I only call you on DJ because you also just refer Daniel Jeremiah, the NFL Network mock draft analyst, as also just DJ. And I never huh. know if you're talking about DJ Moore or Daniel Daniel Jeremiah, Jones you know. is a DJ. Yeah. <laughs> The, <laughs> he just wanted to clarify. Anyway, they also like do drills here. So uh, <laughs> what, I'll, what I'll unofficially call big, fast, strong, which is kind of DK's thing. I'm big the, on that. Like, he's just like, oh, I love the I'm big, huge fast, on strong. That. Yeah. Uh, to, small, slow, weak. We do some <laughs> risers and fall. Yeah, some big, fast, strong is small, slow, weak from the day one. They get their measurements. We still don't just measure these guys for suits, which I feel like I don't know why they don't do that yet. They just do the draft day suit measurements here, and I want to know we need one of the proportions. So number one, Chop Robinson, pass rusher to Penn State. DK is number thirteen overall on your big board. He's the number two uh, pass rusher on your big board. Uh, I'm curious how, like Chop Robinson, 
riser from the combine. Tell me why. I mean, I think he will be probably because coming into the week, it was like first, second round range. I think like the borderline first, second round. Um, I think everybody knew he was explosive, so there may, may not be that situation where they're just counting it twice. But like hit everything that he did in testing wise was like just holy crap, this guy is one of the most explosive athletes in this draft. Yeah. Um, and my lightly held take that I'm not 100% sure, 100% sure that I want to like go in all in on is like just looking at get off and the, the explosiveness of the first step is like almost the only thing I care about mm-hmm. with this guy. Like he has an absolutely ludicrously elite first step. And I think you can work with that. I, obviously there's question marks about how early you should take that, but um, because there are question marks about him from a size, like the technique that he uses. Um, is he a three down player? All those are legitimate questions and probably why he's going to fall Hold a little further than I have him if ranked. Three down player. We're discuss. I'm shocked that we're discussing whether someone's a three down player, but also 13. Why is he 13 on your board? If that's a question, because of the my soft, loosely held take that I don't care about any of that other stuff. You just want. Guys I just want the guy who's like twitchy. the most explosive player on the field. Is this because I feel like of all the positions in football, raw athleticism most easily translates yeah. to like winning at pass rusher in the NFL, Essentially. edge rusher more than any other position. It's like I don't think he's like raw. I don't together. think he's like raw as tuna. He's not, not terrible. Raw, but, like, but so like for instance, just going back, pure a couple of years, uh, Jeremiah Owusu Koromoa, JOK. He was like my eighth overall player on in that draft. He went in the second round. See, a linebacker, right? Linebacker safety. He's like a yeah, exactly. And he's been awesome. I mean, he's and he's not even necessarily like a three down player. He's kind of like you know, used in different scenarios, but he just flies all over the field. I want those types of players on my team. That's why I'm so high on this guy. I think there's, he's probably in the boom bust area, you know, like there's, there's a chance for sure that he could end up being a bust, but you a know, bust. going back a couple of years nice. ago, you know, it kind of reminds me a little bit of like the Brian Burns conversation. There was a ton of conversation about Burns being like way too skinny and way too light. And he was defensive end out of Florida state and he's in Carolina. Yeah. Now. But I was like, the way this guy moves, I just think it's going to work in the NFL. Mm. And so, like, I think this is kind of similar vein for me. I like that. So, yeah. So, Chop Robinson running a 4-4-8 40-yard dash. So cooking. Only... What's up? <laughs> cooking. 4-4-8 40-yard cooking. dash. He's cooking. That's, he's, he was flying, dude. It was cool to see. So, the 10-yard split, we've talked about the 40-yard dash, the 10-yard split, 1.5 seconds. One, I don't know what that means, but two, is that more important? Like, when is the defensive end going to have to run 40 yards? I think I saw this was one of the high, like, the fastest ever at the combine, right? For a 4.48? Yeah, so... No, like, no, no, the 10-yard split. Oh, the 10-yard split. I don't have the 10-yard split data up just yet. Right. Okay, so 10-yard split at the combine. I'm looking at Mock Draftables database. 1.52 Nolan Smith last year set the record. You have a 1.53 from Bernie Golston. Uh, Amari Barno, 154. Barkevis Mingo, 155. So aren't all those and Jermaine Johnson, not great aren't names those guys all famously list, yeah. like athletes that haven't done anything in the NFL either so far or ever? Like Vernon Golston got, yeah. and Barkevis Mingo so, got yeah. people fired so for taking them? DK is, is right to say that like if a guy has a wicked first step, he can make an entire living off of that. My issue with, with guys like that is that we have seen guys like that enter the league and it turns like whenever you watch a guy's first dip explosiveness you're trying to figure out what percentage of that is for real twitch what percentage of that is snap anticipation right because if you know the snap count and you're going right as that ball is being snapped your first step can look a lot more wicked than it is and with chop man like i can't feel confident at the percentage the, the the piece of the pie that's his actual twitch and his actual skill relative to a snap jumping stuff but isn't that also yeah. a football skill though like don't you want people who can it is but i like my my edge rushers to be good on the road not just at home 
right? And so, and then so you start to run into some crowd noise problems, some silent count problems, right? You start to run into some offsides issues uh, in terms of, of the, if they're anticipating snap counts. And then there's also just fewer solutions, right? If you are living off of your first step, living off your outside rush, I put a tight end next to the tackle. What are you gonna do? Can you go through a guy? Can you can you use your your outside rush and your outside threat to, to generate an inside spin, inside counter? Chubb is starting to figure out how to use his hands. He's starting to figure out how to build his counters. He's not there yet. And so DK's higher on Chop than I am. Yeah. Chop, I, I think I, I think like, he's pretty young. So you though, keep mentioning Chop, by the way. You have to mention that he was born like, what, 11 pound baby or something absurd? And that they Healthy. nicknamed him 14. Pork, pork, 14? Good Lord. I, saw, I thought I was wrong. Pork, so they nicknamed him Pork Chop. And it just stuck mm. for his entire life, which is wild, by the way. Yeah. But so Chop Robinson, which is just an elite name. The other, honestly, the edge rushers, the names are better than the players. Yeah, baby. The other fourteen, <laughs> dude. God, yep. Daniel Jeremiah said on the broadcast, like, God bless his mother. <laughs> yeah. Fourteen pound. So the and the other name, also great name, Dallas Turner, the uh, pass rusher out of Alabama, number twenty-three on your NFL Your big board DK's uh, your fifth pass rusher. Dallas Turner's arms. His his wingspan is six foot and eleven inches. Yeah, he's six foot three with a six eleven wingspan, which is hilarious. Right, it's just, it's just he could touch his kneecaps up bending over. Like it's just and, Joey and, Porter Jr. arms. Yeah, and oh yeah, you, yeah. And pockets you, at his knees. And the nice thing about that is that when you're when you're a taller edge, sometimes you can challenge with getting down your stance, getting your pads low, getting underneath an offensive tackle. You can be upright. You present a really big target. You can get uh, offensive tackles will land their paws on you. Like if you are shorter, then you can more easily get underneath offensive linemen. Dallas Turner can do that. You can dip underneath, right? You you can miss make them miss that punch, but then you have length. You can get to a long arm, right? You can get to a, a two arm and get a fork left. You can defend the runs. Like that's that you if you were to build an edge is how you would build him, right? You probably make him a little bit taller, but still like a little bit shorter with huge reach, that basketball player build, that's how you would build him. Then you throw in the fact that he broad jumped 10 foot seven, vertical jump 40 and a half. Yeah, those, right? So here's the, the broad jump like dash, people know what it means. What yeah. is that, what are those numbers? Vertical jump is how numbers. high you jump up, and then a broad jump is how, how far, far two foot jump, you jump forward, you jump in length. And you put them together, yeah. you can also get a rough conduit for like the explosiveness. Is yeah, it? absolutely, and so like, uh, a 10-7 broad and a 40.5 vert, like both of those are going to be at least 80th percentile, 85th percentile for for, for edge rushers. This is a, a guy who has an, a, a great build. He's got great explosiveness in terms of his testing numbers. You do see that on film. Uh, he has play strength. You see that on film as well. I don't, I wish for as good as he sh should look, I wish he was more productive as a sack artist. I wish he was more productive as a pressure guy. I understand that Alabama didn't necessarily deploy him in a role that was just like, go, 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 you know, get for the quarterback, get for the quarterback. Mm -hmm. So I, I was a little- He dropped back kind of. I was yeah. a little suspicious off his film. Testing wise, this has been really impressive. Turner, if I had to bet on a guy to be edge one right now uh, for, for the league, it would be Turner. I'm gonna I'm gonna probably watch some more of him over the next couple months. Yeah, I think, I think I've got him too low. I, I'm moving him up a little mm -hmm. bit here just based on those traits again. Uh, I trust the explosiveness. He's also, I think, pretty bendy, like flexible, can get low, can get a duck under a, you know, a blocker. Yeah, it's just a really, really good athlete. And then the length thing is, is a big deal, too. I got to tell you, at some point, we have to do it now. We're going to have to talk about the pass rushers and all this the sexual. Like, it's just every pass rusher. Penetrator. Is just like, you know, yeah, it's like, dude, the, the get off, the penetrate, bend, explosive. It's all about the length, finish. Just like it's just the whole thing. I just like, <laughs> it's funny because like he like, does that, and I can't hear anything except for like good scouting terminology. I can't like, get yeah. my brain to be literally. Your problem was he can't finish. I'm just and I'm sitting here like, yep. He can't. I don't know what you want from me, dude. Performance issues are super normal, man. Yeah, like that's, that's the, the theme of this pod. Let me clarify that. Uh, okay, other not an edge rusher, but defensive tackle, Tavonje Sweat. 
Big fella. Big fella. Large defensive, man. Defensive <laughs> well tackle. said, young man. I'll tell you that right now. Healthy. Didn't someone predict you would have said that it, like verbatim to me on Twitter? Yeah. It's just, oh man, just young man's been eating prolifically. And I'm not literally, so like yeah, literally. We need that. a level above corn fed. Nah, we that, said that about the Iowa lineman. We need a corn. We need something above. He's, the, he's a beef fed young man. He's been <laughs> a Fogo to Chow for a few hours. <laughs> Tavandre Sweat. Goodness gracious. I love him put so t- much. Fogo out of business. Okay. Tavandre Sweat. Took off 366 pounds of himself up on that podium. They said, what are you going to run in the 40? And he said, baby, I'm running a 4-4. Ain't no problem. <laughs> and then he ran a 5-2. Go off, King. I, I fucking love this Dude, guy. He's so good. <laughs> 366 pounds. He's I like, I want to run a 4-4. He was like, he's like, you guys are going to be shocked at yeah, what I run. Exactly. It's going to blow two. your mind. And he ran exactly <laughs> what you'd expect him to run. It's such so a good, good bit, dude. The best thing is that he didn't weigh in at the Senior Bowl. Which implied, like, hey, <laughs> I'm trying to cut a little mass. And then he shows up in Indianapolis, exactly. 366, yeah. what he was listed. What was he at the Senior Bowl? 375, casually, on Probably. a Friday? Yeah. Unbelievable. <laughs> also, just w- weird anecdote, but the like, he was talking on February 29th, which is like, you know, or weighed in on February 29th, which is the 366th day of the year. And he's listed really? at 365. Heifetz loves numbers, but by then the way. He, he was listed at 365, and, and then he sex. weighed in at 366. <laughs> It's big on he's and big on numerology. Yeah, leap. I just weird. It's like literally a leap. The day that he did it on is the 366, where it's supposed to be 365, yep. and that's him. Yeah. So it's like a cod. The war universe itself brought us this dude. Yeah. That's all. Yeah. Good player. Uh, <laughs> no one cared about that, did they? Laughing. No one cared about that. Whatever. Uh, <laughs> go on. No one gave it. That's fine. It's the other theme. Uh, <laughs> Other faller, I feel like the linebackers is saying they suck too mean. The linebackers yeah. seem bad in this class. Seems like a bad year yeah. if you need linebackers. Uh, there's, I don't really like any linebackers in this class. I gave a two to Junior Colson, who I thought a, a came, two, a second, second round grade. Oh yeah, to Junior Colson okay. out of Michigan. Came in at a good size, like six one, two thirty eight. He's got length to him. He can cover. I, I nineteen times on his film, I wrote down like play bigger. Like you were, if you're gonna, he's one of the few who's like almost two forty. Play with your size. Go into contact. Let's create. Let's like, get some stopping power. I wish he played a little bit bigger. Yeah, like getting off blocks and things yeah, like that. Yeah, but I like yeah. him. Uh, and then Edron Cooper, I gave it to the Texas A&M kid because he's fast as all get out. He can run. He did not test well. I don't think his eyes are that great. Like I know the league likes him a lot. I personally like. I gotta take him in the second round to develop him. I don't think he's a ready-made thing. After that, man, like Peyton Wilson out of NC State is the guy that a lot of people like on film. And, and he ran a 4-4-4. That's sexy. That's great. He is light, and he has extremely short arms. He is not good into contact, in my opinion. I can't. I don't I want to feel a linebacker. It's not good into contact. That's just counterintuitive. I was going to say, I mean, I literally, got, why would you draft him yeah, in yeah, any yeah. round if a linebacker right. can't do contact? And Jeremiah Trotter out of Clemson, I think, runs extremely hot and cold. What did you just say? Jeremiah Trotter Jr. out of Clemson. <laughs> Jeremiah Trotter's boy. Jeremiah Trotter's son is here. There's another Nepo. Ba- so we got yeah. Frank Marvin Oh, that makes Jr. that comp easy. Yeah. We have Marvin Harrison Jeremiah Trotter Jr. <laughs> Jeremiah Trotter Sr. had a way worse... Son. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's too mean. So we Come have on. Drake May is the son of a quarterback at UNC. We have Marvin Harrison Jr. We have Frank Gore Jr. We have Luke McCaffrey, who's Christian McCaffrey's brother. And we have Jeremiah Trotter Jr. Yep. I don't know. Like, like a lot of the- Am people, I just old? Has this always been like this? And I just never noticed because I didn't- I mean, yeah. like was, this, It didn't like, make me Joey feel Porter old. Porter Jr. came out last year. You know what I'm saying? It's starting to get to that point where it's like guys that we watched. But in general, man, like the kids who are going to be NFL style bodies, like- Often are coming from NFL parents. You know what well, I'm saying? It's just, it's the I'm, athleticism aspect. I think it. I'm noticing it more because it never registered because it's kind of like your first level of like being old is that you grow up and all the athletes are older than you. Then they're your age. And then there's like an athlete who's like 
I mean, I'm so old. It was on the cover of SI. I remember Derek Favors was on the SI, and he's younger than my brother. And I was like, well, you're old. But then it's like, oh, my God, this person's son. I, son. <laughs> Jeremiah Trotter, I remember blowing up Reggie Bush on the Saints. And now I'm like, his child is here. Yeah. Anyway, old. I mean, that's, yeah. that is how time works. Yeah. So anyway, I don't like many linebackers. They're all too small. And Brutal. it's nice that they're fast, but the reason why they're fast is because they're small. And so that's not that's not worth it to me. I would like for one linebacker in this class to be good into contact. A couple other nonsense things that happened at the podiums today. One, yeah. uh, DK, you told me uh, Keon Coleman, the receiver to Florida State. Yeah. I was not at this podium, but you just told me you had something I'm moving to tell him up. me. I'm moving him up a really solid amount. I'm, I'm all in on Keon Coleman now. First well, of all, his interview happened? his interview was amazing. Like he was really, really and, and again, this is not that, that big of a deal, literally, but like I, I was very excited about his his podium time because he number one, he was answering like every question with so much enthusiasm and like wit and just like really into it. Um, but at the very end, one guy asked him, Yo, should folks be drafting you in fantasy football or whatever? And Good he question. was like really confused. He was like and then he was like, What? And so he he asked him to repeat the question. And then he was like, What? Is that like where if you get like a catch, you get points. He didn't know what fantasy football was. He'd been in the lab. DK. He's been grinding <laughs> he just stock up. If you don't I, know what fantasy football is, like that means the only thing you care about is working out and getting better. Why would hitting you ever, the jugs machine? Fantasy football is like if real football was worse. <laughs> It's the worst thing I've ever he heard. Where, he, does he not? He doesn't know what fantasy football well, he is. Did, well, he described PPR, which you're right. That's fake fantasy football. Oh, okay. So yeah, yeah. And this is a long-standing debate, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. What's your side? The yards and touchdowns. Why are we doing this? I'm with you. Okay, here we go. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. A, should you get if you catch a ball yep. and you lose two yards? Should you get po points? You lost yardage. Not on the football field, but in fantasy, yeah, because it's point per reception. Yeah, but should that? <laughs> Solik's learning. He's learning. Uh, <laughs> Thank you. Thank Christ. The other one you mentioned, you said something happened with A.D. Mitchell, who is the uh, oh, right. receiver out of Texas. I don't you, know. Just said, yeah. you said a bunch of words, and I like I don't know what that means. Just tell me later. Yeah, that was what, pretty much what happened. So somebody asked Eddie Mitchell, uh, the receiver out of Texas. Um, he, it was a question about how he varies the tempo on his routes, which I think is actually a, a you know, very good question. But A.D. Mitchell kind of was just like, he, he just went on sort of a meandering answer. And then at the end, he said, um, if you ain't cheating, you ain't trying. And I love cheating. <laughs> or something yeah. like that. And I was like, I, I like don't actually know what he meant by that. I think my, I think what he was trying to say is like he does little push-offs and things like that yeah. at the catch point. Oh, stuff I feel like, like that. He, but this like, is like one of those situations where he like heard someone say that once. He was right. like, that's a really cool thing to say. I'm trying to shoehorn that into my NFL media <laughs> at the combine. Like how Mike McDaniel like, just bets people. He's like, I gotta say that yeah. somehow. And they were like, how do you run routes, Adam? And he was like, if you ain't cheating, you ain't trying. That's a pretty sick, sick line, isn't it? <laughs> that's, yeah, but it doesn't oh, really in Rome. make here. It's like, I don't think you know yeah, yeah, what that, that means. means. <laughs> no? Just trying it on. Um, <laughs> But anyways, that was pretty funny because it was like, I, I don't exactly know what the context was there, but I like it. So I'm, I'm stock up on him too. Tyler Owens said on the podium, he said, I, I don't believe in space. Fair. <laughs> True. And, and he, has, he makes an interesting case, which is that it might not be there. I don't know what, yeah. It, what is space? What, like dark yeah. matter? No, like the universe, yeah. right. like the planets, like the outside. And, you know, like you know he yep. said, you know, he said, I'm very religious. And he's like, I just, I just don't believe in all that. It's a tough ask when there's a big, like, are birds real thing at the NFL Combine <laughs> to come in over the top with something that's, like, wilder than the birds. 
and Tyler Owens hit that. <laughs> Tyler Owens might leave this combine with the fastest 40 time and also the, the best take. It's never been done before. So back, it's, it's a record performance. Back with the birds thing, the combo of these things, I feel like the birds thing, I remember seeing on Instagram and it was like, our birds real? And I remember thinking, is this a meme account trying to sell me a t-shirt or a t-shirt company trying to make a meme? But I feel like it was like a bit, like a joke that birds aren't real. And then yeah, it became- It is. Then but then the Zoomers just grew up on the internet and see all this. And then some people actually are starting to believe, like it's a joke, but some people are like, no, it's real though. And now I'm worried that like 10 years from now, people are actually are gonna think the pigeons yeah. are like the government mics. Yeah, can I tell you, can I, confession? Tyler owns a DB. When I first saw the quote, it was like, hey, he doesn't believe in space. I was like, oh, that's hardcore. He's like, you know, like, condense the area, go get <laughs> football. <laughs> and then it became more clear to me that he was, he was discussing, it's not about he leverage. Was, he was discussing a different space than the one I anticipated. Do you guys believe in space? Yeah. Do you yes. believe in aliens? I think so. I do. <laughs> I, I believe in aliens like existing in the universe because it's so big, but I also think that the, the same argument is why the odds that they've been here are very low. It's like they exist somewhere, but they also probably haven't been here. So I'm like, they exist somewhere, but I don't think, you know, they're... Yeah, that's fine. That's my take. Well, that's fine. Kyrie Jackson, 11 foot one broad jump. Oh, baby. <laughs> oh, dude. Roma Dean, so the other funny thing he said is, dude, the receivers this year, they're so much bigger. You know, guy's 6'2", 6'4", and he looks to his left. He's like, whatever height Johnny Wilson is. Oh, yeah, yeah dude, he's, he's like 6'7". Like, he's like six, six, I really want to do a bit next year where I go up to all the undersized guys and I'm, I'm like, hey, like as like a bigger corner, like, you know, you, you know, how does that affect the way that you play the game and make him admit to me that he's not a bigger corner. That's make, such make a good idea. Like, well, actually, like, I'm a little undersized. Like, they, obviously, they don't want to admit it. As one of the and, larger quarterbacks yeah, yeah, exactly. here, you just say. Just walking up to a straight nickel and being like, so how's your size? Like, you know, you're just really big. Help you with the catch point. And I'm like, no, that's not me, actually. That's kind of brilliant. Yeah. All right. We can get out of here in a second. Last up, Austin, come over here. So we just, following up on, you know, earlier this week, <laughs> Austin was some of the Dune bucket. And again, if you haven't seen it, we can put the image up. The, popcorn, the Dune bucket. The Dune 2 is coming out. Popcorn bucket they're selling. We can put the image up on Spotify. Is the giant sandworm. Austin, you are the author. There's the incredible 22 things I did with the Dune 2 popcorn bucket. Did two or with? I like to say did two. AKA the, <laughs> did two. The Dune, the Dune 2, the Kama Sutra. The goal really was to do something to the bucket. So I did, <laughs> so I did 22 things to the bucket. Um, I encourage everyone oh to read it. Go to thereader.com and check it out. I also feel like some of my favorites came from editor Justin Sales. Going to give him a shout out Shouts. as well. But uh, he told me we should baptize a baby with it. I like that. I can get on board with that. <laughs> baptize a baby. Uh, hide weed from your parents. Hide weed from That's your parents. One. I feel like everyone no knows one's We just skipped over the there. triple human centipede bucket. We just skipped over Most that. Most people do. What high difficulty mean? mini basketball was the other one that <laughs> I included. Take uh, communion. Take, take communion. Take communion. Take communion. Finally try an at-home fondue dinner. Because everyone's like, we got to do fondue one time. It'd be so fun. The dude two bucket is the reason to get involved <laughs> i also i'll leave you with this novelty, novelty urn urn. for your grandma's <laughs> oh <ashes>. my god <laughs> you have to you have to start getting inspired with some of this oh stuff when god. i was getting to the end and i was a little delirious i was like yeah let's throw that one into <laughs> novelty urn this has nothing that to do with the combine. On I don't know. it's so funny justin's like i didn't know you were at the combine that's the editor justin sales and i was like yeah we're writing on dude two at the combine <laughs> uh, not even dude two the popcorn bucket reading this thing he says i mean let's call this bucket what it is the bucket it looks like a fleshlight. You guys know what a fleshlight is, right? Yes. Yes. I mean, yeah. <laughs> so, like, you haven't said a lot, but you come up with that one. 
No, it does look like a flashlight, though, right? We can all get a look at that. That's why it became viral. Austin, that's yes, that's why it's funny. <laughs> I, yeah, after you wrote the whole thing, you're like, right? It, it looks does, like a flashlight, right? Like it, right? He actually was worried. Like, what if it does? Like, Don't you think it looks like a flashlight? <laughs> it does, right? Like a really specific one. I'm glad yeah. you guys liked it, though. You definitely should read read we the full piece. Read the piece. Oh, sit, fair, 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 fair. Read no, the no, piece in full for sure. No, read <laughs> Uh, thank you. All right, let's get out of here. Thank you, DK. Thank you, Solak. Thank you, Austin. Austin's legend for... Austin, I swear Austin did so much more than just that, but it's all we talked about. But shout out, Austin. Thank you, Kai and Jack, for producing this episode. Thank, thank you, Comer. You. Thank you, Dan Comer, for DC. research help. Dan Comer, so much help researching the players. Dan Comer, you know, I think we should get him a gift or something. Honestly, we should get him the... the get him the, the Dune, Dune bucket. Yeah, bucket yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you. You know, he can... Do whatever Find he wants something, whatever he wants. You can do something. There's 22 it, things you can do to it. Thank you to all the players we bothered. Um, emails are in fantasyfootballgmail.com for low stakes conspiracy theories. Uh, if you're a Zoomer and you actually wonder about the bird thing, let me know. I'm a little worried about you. Uh, mm. I want to change my mind. Did so you change my mind? Email us actual draft questions, especially stuff, you know, the combine, all the questions you're watching this weekend. Email us for your fantasy football gmail.com. Thank you, Lord! Lord! Did I have it? That, that was time? actually loud. He did it. Uh, thank you, Creed. It literally echoed through the building. Yeah, that was great. Okay. You didn't hold back. It didn't sound like I was giving you a swirly. The yips are over. Yeah. Knock a wood. Welcome to the river. <laughs> <laughs> God. All right. Goodbye, everyone. It sounds like I'm holding your head underwater. <laughs> Dude, that just might be the like four days of coffee and beer with no water. I don't know if it's that. You might just be like, I can, like hear the bubbles. It might be like a physical <laughs> distortion. <of> my... <laughs> I'm giving him a Should swirly. this be the cold open? <laughs> Yo, Kai, this is the cold open. Oh my God. It's like, I can't say it. <laughs> just, just, I haven't had water in days. Just send it, it sounds like when someone gets like throat caught. Like, <laughs> in. Oh my god! <laughs> I know. I feel like you have the yips. <laughs> Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Fanduel's offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler or visit Fanduel.com/rg in Colorado, Iowa, Kentucky, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Tennessee, Vermont, and Virginia. Call 1 800 Next Step or text Next Step to 53342 in Arizona. 1 888 or visit ccpg.org/chat. Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT-IN-INDIANA, 1-800-522-4700, or visit ksgamblinghelp.com in Kansas, 1-877-770-STOP in Louisiana, visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.NET in West Virginia, or call 1-800-522-4700 in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gamblinghelplinema.org or call 800-327-5050 for 24-7 support in Massachusetts, or call 1-877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY in New York. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. You might say all kinds of stuff when things go wrong, but these are the words you really need to remember. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. They've got options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. 